0: Welcome to Finding Your Way, a podcast designed with survivors in mind. Conversations on this show help guide listeners toward finding solutions for safety and support as they navigate life from being a victim to becoming a survivor of violence. I'm your airtime advocate, Sarah Smith, and I represent a team of professionals from Care Lodge Domestic Violence Shelter, home based in Meridian, Mississippi. After a couple quick left turns from Miss Grady's office, I'll find myself at Derek Mosley's office, the Title IX Coordinator here at MCC. Mr. Mosley's role is to serve as a safe person who not only educates students about the college's policies but also helps them increase personal safety. Additionally, his role helps remove the fear of the unknown when it comes to working with the systems set in place that help prevent violent acts from happening to the students. Well, I have with me Derek Mosley and I'm just gonna let him introduce himself and explain his role a little bit here on campus.
1: My name is uh, Derek Mosley. I am the uh, Title IX Coordinator from Reading Community College and uh, in my spare time I'm also a social science instructor. That means I have a lot of student contact and also handle Title IX issues that come up, Title IX related issues. Uh, My main purpose as Title IX Coordinator is not necessarily to conduct investigations. Those occur in different departments. My main purpose as Title IX Coordinator when it comes to a complaint is to just oversee and. Uh, ensure that the process does conform to uh, standards that are institutional, state, and or federal. That's my main purpose when it comes to an issue of uh, sexual harassment or assault or anything like that as defined by Title IX. If there is any type of uh, gender-based discrimination, I actually do make investigations and findings in that particular scenario.
0: So, if I'm an average student and I hear this thing about Title IX, can you give me a really general explanation of what that means?
1: Well, it can mean two things. As defined by current standard, Title IX sexual harassment has to do with direct, sometimes violent, sometimes harassing behavior uh, to a, a victim, uh, as defined by uh, the Title IX standards that are published in our uh, in our uh, catalogs. That's that's number one. That's sexual harassment, assault. The other uh, facet of it would be, uh, probably, what more people are more familiar with. Title IX as being uh, a protection of uh, a protection of gender participation uh, in certain uh, programs where there's an underrepresentation of one gender or another. And that other—that's uh, the other facet. That's probably where most people have heard of Title IX is with participation in athletics and. and uh, certain uh, men or women not being able to participate or not having equal opportunity to be scholarship athletes, things like that. Uh, it's it's definitely more broad than that, but that's what people are most familiar with is Title IX. And if there is a gender-based complaint, uh, I handle those as a, a finder, of, finder of fact and, and one that reports and, and, and makes decisions about that. So th- those are both facets of the job.
0: Thank you. If there's a student that is maybe talking with somebody or dating someone or maybe even they're married to somebody and and they're experiencing abuse or uh, stalking strangulation and things like that how would they get help from the college
1: well the the first thing that i tell people is if you're in imminent or immediate danger you need to contact law enforcement that's where you need to start if you feel that your your health or your well-being is in danger you need to start with law enforcement and don't wait till you get to school. If it's something that's happening off campus, you need to contact local law enforcement, call 911, whatever you need to do to to make sure that you're safe in the short run. And if you're on campus, campus police is the, is the entity that you need to contact here if it is on campus and they'll be glad to, to make whatever accommodation or help you in whatever way that they're able to. If it is something that is not imminent, if it's something that needs to be reported, and you need services or you need assistance or or any of those things, you can still go to Campus Police. They're an outlet. You can come to myself. I'm in Smith uh, Smith Building, room 109. That's where my office is. My number is 601-453-3453. You can reach me by my email address, dmosley at meridiancc.edu. There are a lot of ways you can get in touch with me through MCC's website. It has a link directly to my contact information, and I'll be glad to to communicate with you. Uh, We have counseling services on campus. Uh, we also have relationships and partnerships with with several organizations, including your organization uh, for those that that need uh, help outside of what we can immediately give to them, whether it be health care, whether it be mental health, whether it be even even housing or, or the ability of having somewhere to to stay or, or shelter if there is a separation that needs to occur from a, an abusive, uh, an abusive other person. All of those things are available and we can get you to those services if you contact myself, campus police, or student services. Even an instructor that uh, that, that you trust or that you feel comfortable with can get you to one of those. Uh, if, if you feel more comfortable talking with them, they can connect you to one of, one of us three.
0: And it's also my understanding that different instructors will put your contact information other about Title IX and whatnot in the actual syllabus for their class, is that correct?
1: That is, that's, uh, that is required for any syllabi that we use at Meridian Community College. It's on Canvas as part of our, our template, if you will. That type of uh, contact information for myself uh, and for other services, uh, obviously. Uh, it's on Eaglenet, uh, that is readily available. We have it posted around campus. We want to have that information. It's not something we hold on to, it's something that we want people to have available so they can make that connection uh, if those services are needed, if there is an issue in campus police, contact numbers and things are on the back of ID badges. If you have an issue that needs a immediate response, our campus police are just a phone call away if you have your ID badge, which is required uh, at Meridian Community College.
0: Quick question. How do you see the services that you provide helping with reducing dropout rates?
1: Well, safer students are students that can be productive and, and can come to to class with the confidence that their needs are going to be met educationally without any complications from abuse or from harassment or any of those types of things so obviously it's going to it's going to help us in our retention rate that's not our primary purpose, but it it is a it is a positive indirect result uh, healthier students are better students they're going to perform better they're going to be able to Uh, have higher graduation rates, all those things have have positive correlations that that can really uh, improve our institution overall.
0: What you just said goes directly hand in hand with a lot of the stuff that the students learn here in the early development classes, the basic hierarchy of needs. When your basic needs and your safety needs are not met, you don't feel safe. And if you don't feel safe, you're not going to do well in school. So what if a crime isn't committed? But there's still some things going on that makes a student feel uncomfortable about another student on campus.
1: Even if a crime hasn't been committed, we can still bring about a remedy and and everyone's the better for it because there's been clarification. One person understands they don't need to be around each other, and both of them can still continue learning, and maybe even learn a, a lesson from that, and and nobody be harmed. To me, that that gives us a ability of there there's no there's no hall of victory or anything like that. That's a that's a win win. There, that people able to finish their academic career or are able to accommodate their academic career in spite of the fact that there was some trauma in their life, they're able to overcome that, and that's that's just part of the success stories we hear at MCC. It's not because of us. We just help them get to the the end that they desire and the one that they're willing to work for.
0: If there's an engagement where two students are in the same section together, or the same class together, Mm -hmm. rather, um, are they able to be separated into different sections and to continue their educational paths without getting a formal protection order or things like that? Is that a safety procedure that the college allows for or is there other things that need to happen in order for that separation to happen?
1: We can make that type of accommodation when nothing technically wrong has occurred. Nobody's committed a transgression that's actionable under positive law, state law, Title IX standards or institutional standards or behavioral code, but we can still accommodate them if, if they need that to feel safe and to feel uh, that their educational process is 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 going to be better served by by attending a class in another format or attending another section of that class. We can accommodate that if we need to. One thing that 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 victims may not understand uh, and that we try to stress to them is that they they have the power to report. They have the power to inform. They have the power uh, to 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 talk to somebody. Uh, and whatever the the result is that that they desire, we can get them on that track uh There are some people who have been victimized that, that that wish to file charges. Obviously, our campus police can help them with that process uh if if they just merely don't want to be around that person at school uh like you were talking about with protective orders or having police uh campus police officers escort them around campus or to their car or something like that we can do that if that's the desire of the student. We're not going to force a student into a solution that they are not comfortable with or that they uh, do not want to to carry to a certain level. Victims have power and they they have the power to, to start the process, they have the power to report, and they have the power to ask for a solution that that makes them feel safe and comfortable. It doesn't guarantee that they're going to get that solution because that, that goes through the, the process of the hearing and everything else. But uh, as far as the, the victims and, and their ability to, to initiate the process, uh, they shouldn't be intimidated by the potential processes that occur because the victim should should feel that always we're here to help. We're not here to force them into some adjudication that they're not comfortable with. We're here to, to remedy their situation in a way that they feel comfortable with.
0: Well and that's a very good way to be victim-centered too. You don't want to create further chaos and be another power and control factor in their life when they may be already facing that. It's very difficult from a systems approach to Convey that message of here we are here to help you. We're not here to force you. Right. And that that's a good thing for students to understand is that MCC staff members are there to be a guide, a um, a safety net, and a connector.
1: Right. And just because you go and see an advisor, or you see myself, uh, and, and you have something that you need to talk about, and you say, okay, can we keep this between us, or can we, you know, can we just talk about it right now? We want victims to understand that, that we want them to feel safe, and we want to approach the problem in a, in a way that makes them feel safe and makes them feel that they're being heard, not just being pointed in a certain direction or saying, okay, you have to take, you have to go see this service, you have to do that. The victim has the power to choose what services that, that would be uh, would be useful to them.
0: Well I appreciate you sharing this with me. I know it can be very intimidating from a student's perspective to understand how to even go about getting safe or knowing who to even go to but Smith Hall is a place to be I'm telling you. There's so many helpful people down here and as well as the rest of the campus. I've known a lot of staff members here for many many years and I so appreciate the way that they have rallied around me as a student here and I just know that that Um, heart of caring for students still remains here at this institution. So thank you for sharing that with me and making yourself available because that's what you do.
1: I appreciate the time. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to let more people know about what we do.
0: Thanks for joining us for Finding Your Way. Remember, you are the expert of your situation and help is only a phone call away. Be safe and love one another. If you want to know more about what was shared on today's podcast, check out the links provided in the show notes or visit us online at carelodge.com. Make sure to follow Care Lodge on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you need help, call 601-693-4673. That's 601-693-HOPE. If you're not in the East Central Mississippi area, you can call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at one 800 799 7233, that's one 800 799